Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello, and thanks for downloading our podcast. I want to begin by talking about a couple of the um, difficulties in the social minefield of eating out. Okay. So first thing, just very quick, what are you supposed to do with a triple-decker sandwich? Oh, so difficult. I tend to just either split it in half or get the knife and fork out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, you're saying disassemble it. Yeah, yeah. So then what is the point? I know, I totally agree. And I don't think that cocktail stick is doing very much (laughs) to keep it intact. It's doing nothing. And I'm I'm a tiny-mouthed man. I mean, maybe if you have a huge mouth, maybe if you're Steve Tyler from Aerosmith (laughs) or something, it's a different experience. But how many of us really have mouths like that? Not many. So that aside... um, Last night, we went out for a meal with our friends, Nick and Catherine. And do you know what I'm done with? Superlatives after every course. What do you mean? So if you go out for, say, a three-course meal, mm. and sometimes if you're going somewhere nice, they bring you those little things before each course, like amuse-bouche things. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Um, so they come over and say, how was that? You say, oh, it was great, thanks. And then after the next course, they say, oh, and how was that? I get worried about using the same adjective. Oh, so when you say, so oh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And then the next one, marvellous. And I just don't like the pressure of having to come up with a different superlative every time. <laughs> you wouldn't just use the same one. No, because I think, look at him with his limited vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good point. Yeah. And then the second thing relates to something that happened. So we finish mm. our meal. And I think I've painted a picture here that it was a, a quite a nice place. Mm where they're doing fancy bits and pieces. So we finish our meal and we decide, feeling wild, that we're going to all have coffee. Which it is peculiar that you get people who, during the day, you offer them a coffee at four o'clock in the afternoon and they say, I'll never sleep. Mm. And yet it's quite normal to have a cup of coffee at the end of a meal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so so we decide and then um, the, the waiter comes over and says, can, can we get you anything else? And we say, yeah, I could actually can get some coffees, please. And they say, oh, I'm afraid we don't do coffee. No. The no. So my wife says, oh, could I have a mint tea? They said, yeah, we don't, don't do any hot beverages. <laughs> Whatever. So I then get to thinking, 
is it just that we've stayed too late and uh, they, they want to close up and go home? Oh. So they're pretending that they don't do hot beverages. That's quite some pretending because I've actually never heard of any restaurant that doesn't do any kind of hot beverages. Me either. Yeah. So then I can't concentrate on the conversation between that <laughs> moment and getting the bill and paying up because I am scrutinising the restaurant I'm trying to peer around into yeah, the kitchen yeah. look behind the bar and everything just to see if there is a coffee machine or a kettle or anything and I couldn't see one but could it be that they were one step ahead of me Oh, and, and they'd hit it really put a tea towel over it or something <laughs> I mean maybe the lengths they would have gone to maybe I can get very paranoid over this kind of thing I used to live near a cinema that wasn't just a regular picture house. It was a posh cinema. They got leather sofas. They give you a blanket to lie under when you went in there. Oh, yeah. Waiters would come and take your order while you're sitting there watching the film. It was extremely posh. Anyway, one time I went in there to um, buy tickets to a film and I was a bit scruffy and there was something quite pretentious about this place. Mm. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, it's completely sold out. And I got it in my head that it wasn't really sold out. They just thought I wasn't the kind of person they wanted in their posh cinema. I didn't want the likes of you in no. there. No, no. So I went round the corner, I got my mobile phone out <gasps> and I rang them and adopted a different voice. No, you didn't. Did and you? then you asked if there were any tickets. Yeah. And were there? No, there weren't. Oh. No, no, no. So it was just me being paranoid. But despite <laughs> that, I can still get into these kinds of thought patterns. Mm. Welcome to the main module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? Well, this podcast is nothing if it isn't a forum where you can come together with other people and share your experience of being a barely competent human being, you can email us at hello at adriftpodcast.com. And this is from Chris. He says, here is my shyness is nice story. I was in a rush to catch my evening train home to Cambridgeshire. It's a long journey and I didn't want to make it any longer by missing my train. I first, though, needed to pick up a parcel on the way from a shop local to the office I work at. I grabbed the parcel, some expensive new work trousers, and shoved it into my rucksack. At King's Cross, I ran for the train and just made it and, more to my surprise, managed to get the last seat on the carriage. The journey takes just under two hours, so I unloaded my rucksack to get my tablet and catch up on some Game of Thrones. About an hour into the journey, I heard the ticket inspector making his way through the train, so once again picked up my rucksack from the floor to find my season ticket. Under the seat in front of me, I noticed a package. Oh, someone must have forgotten some shopping, I thought to myself. This was my chance to do a good deed for the day. When the ticket inspector arrived, I gave the parcel to him, asking if he could give it to the office at the end of the line, knowing that the person who'd left it would hopefully be able to get it back again. Then, to my horror, as he walked away with the package, I realised it was my own parcel that I'd just given to him. It must have fallen out of my rucksack earlier. I could and really should have asked for him back, but not wanting to look stupid in front of a full carriage... I watched as the inspector took it away. <laughs> Having to contact lost property to get your own parcel back that you'd handed in. Oh, that is really good. Um, there's also something odd about, I think, the choice to watch Game of Thrones on public transport. Oh, because of the rude scenes. Yeah, because it has nudity in it. Mm. And, and I've been in situations before now where I've been on a flight or whatever and I'm watching a film which maybe has got a raunchy scene in it. Mm. And 
I, I worry so much that the other passengers think I'm a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't think that would be the, the context. I think if you are a pervert, probably watching a full-length feature film with a 30-second sex scene in it is, isn't the way you're going to get it out of your system. I don't think so, no. But I would still worry about that, I think. Yeah. I was on um, public transport a while ago, and there was a girl sitting next to me, and she was watching on her phone um, footage of herself on a night out. Oh, Weird, right? I wouldn't do that in public. I mean, at home, yes, but... Because <laughs> I, I think when people video those things, are you ever watching them back anyway? Yeah, that's a surprise in itself, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. This is from Victoria. Oh, it's in reference to an email, I think a couple of weeks ago, about a lady who um, goes 10 minutes out of her way to go to a different prep to get her coffee because they're too friendly. Yes. She says, I had to email you about what I do to avoid things. I thought it was just me that went miles out of my way not to get a morning coffee from a friendly coffee shop. They don't even have to be over friendly. Just recognising me is enough. I have four coffee shops on my way to work that I use. So nobody get used to seeing me and starts knowing exactly what I'm going to order. I'm not even shy. I just can't bear that kind of engagement with the general public. I could never, ever use a Costa coffee as a thought of someone asking my name in order to to get my coffee would send me over the edge. My husband <laughs> thinks I'm insane, so I'm glad to tell him it's not just me. I'm guessing when you hear the theme from Cheers, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. It just brings you out in hives. I'm sure, yes. And this is from James in Sale. It's about times you didn't want to cause a fuss. Mm. I very rarely carry cash around. I mostly pay for things on my card. On the day in question, I happened to have about £10 worth of change in my pocket. Therefore, I thought I'd treat myself to a rare chip shop lunch. The chippy next door to my office doesn't take cards. I work in an office block with a shared bathroom and shortly before lunch, I paid a visit. As I was about to pull my trousers up, all of my change rolled out of my pocket and under the wall into the occupied cubicle next door. I froze desperately hoping that the person in the cubicle would pass it back under, but they didn't. I therefore decided to wait. I sat there for 10 minutes, silently seething. After what seemed an eternity, I decided I had to leave the cubicle. I washed my hands, made a fuss around the dryer, giving this silent pooper every opportunity to give me my money back. They didn't. I went back into the office and mentioned what had happened to our ever-helpful marketing manager, who said I should just go back in and ask for it. Bravely, I returned, only to find the cubicle was now unoccupied and my chip shop change was nowhere to be seen. The most frustrating thing? Someone in one of the other offices got chips at lunch and the whole place smelt of what should have been my chips. I mean, I, I think um, you would be well within your rights to um, conduct an inquiry. I think so. In that situation. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of the topics we would like to hear from you on, uh, not making a fuss, not wanting to make a fuss. Also, anything on the subject of blurting out the wrong thing. Um, shyness is nice, is one that we always enjoy. Pretending to know what you're doing when you really don't. And also the things that as you're going through your everyday life, cause you almost crippling pangs of anxiety when you think of things that you you've said or did years if not decades ago uh, we would love to hear from you please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower it's it's their breath it's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So Annabelle, you're a little bit of a relic of another age. 
Am I? Why? In that you're a very private person. I am, yes, I am. And and we're living in an age, we're living in the confessional age where it's all out there. I mean, think about those Kardashian girls. Um, so I'm trying to get Annabelle to, to open up a bit more on this podcast. Yep. Um, and, and you're going to do it for us. You, yep. You're going to tell us a little bit about your, your tawdry love life. <laughs> I'm going to let you inside. Yeah. <laughs> So what I'm going to talk about is the 10-year age gap between me and my boyfriend. He's 10 years younger than me, which has never been a problem, as basically I'm very immature and in total denial about how old I actually am. For example, when buying an eye cream a few years ago, I was choosing between two of them. And I asked the young, probably around 18-year-old sales assistant, which one she thought would be better for me. And she said, oh, well, my mum uses this one. (gasps) And I was horrified that she saw me as the same age as her mum, which in reality, I probably was. But I thought she was going to say, oh, well, I use this one. Also, a few years ago, at my auntie and uncle's wedding anniversary party, which had a sit-down meal, I went over to the table with all my cousin's children who range in age from about 10 to 18. And I said, what? Why aren't I sitting with all you guys on the young people's table? And I meant it genuinely until I saw the look on all their faces and realised how creepy it was that a middle-aged person came up to them and said that. I just, I do want you to think about that. How old are you? 42. Okay, now imagine being even 20. I know. Think, what what did a 42-year-old seem like? Ancient. Yeah. But I see myself as the say, oh, because my cousins are older than me. I, oh, dear. So I'm very immature. And I tend to do things about 10 years after everyone else does. Start a career, have children, get married. I did get divorced at just the right average age, though. So I am quite pleased about that. You're an overachiever in that one area. <laughs> one yeah. area of my life. So it's no surprise, really, that my boyfriend is younger. I suppose the only surprising thing is that he's with me, but I think he's got some Mrs. Robinson thing going on that's turned into a habit and it's now too much effort to leave. It's a good job he can't afford therapy. Yeah, very good job, yeah. But there's only been a few occasions when I've really felt that 10 years. One is the morning when I heard this terrible clanging noise coming from the bathroom while he was in there. So I went running in saying, oh, God, I I think there's a massive problem with the extractor fan. And it turned out he was actually just listening to some young people's trance music on his phone. (laughs) That was bad. At that point, did you think maybe this relationship has no future? I I did have fears. There was also the time when I was chatting to one of his friends, the same age as him, about his Brazilian wife and him learning Portuguese. And I started to offer to lend him my Portuguese language learning set. And then I realised I only had it on cassette. Probably never seen before, no. even. Although, isn't there a trendy cassette revival amongst young people? Oh, please, no. Please, no. <laughs> but the very worst time was about a year ago. And I was at home during the day, home alone, and there was a knock on the door. And it was one of these charity clipboard people, which was horrifying in itself, as it's hard enough avoiding them when you're on the street in central London. And I've tried everything, like pretending to be on my phone, doesn't work. I once even pretended to cry, and that didn't stop them from approaching me. Did you manage to produce tears? No, I just kind of looked very upset and was like, (laughs) you know, shoulders heaving, that kind of thing. So as a result, I'm signed up to loads of them, which is terrible because it cost me a fortune. So what chance have I got with them on my own doorstep? Also, it looks like one of these made up charities. And the only thing, well, I've never heard of that. I'm yeah, sure that yeah, yeah. Can I take a close look at your badge, please? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. But I do see an opportunity because what I do say is, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just rushing to leave for work. Could you come back later? Now, this is perfect, as unless they come back after 10pm, I know I won't be in later. Unfortunately, my boyfriend probably will be in later, but I'm sorry, I'm willing to sacrifice him for my escape. 
so they go away and I don't think about it again until I get home and Tom says oh god something really awful happened earlier as one of those charity clipboard people came to the door and I feel like you know he's overreacting a bit but then he goes on with yeah they came to the door and they said oh hello we spoke to your mum before is she in now (laughs) your mum I thought it was his mum He was confused for a moment, thinking his actual mum would come round, which would be weird if she lives in Somerset. And then he realised they meant me. And then worse still, he didn't try to correct them. And worst of all, he signed up for £10 a month. I made him cancel it. My revenge. But even that is a small price to pay for having someone a lot younger to look after me in my old age, which obviously is the long-term plan. And luckily, the extractor fan is actually broken now, so I won't humiliate myself by confusing it with his music again. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. Once again, thanks for downloading our podcast. We could really do with some more people listening to it. And as I said last week, I understand that it would be an awkward thing to recommend it to somebody and then they don't enjoy it and then it causes some kind of rift in your relationship. But what you can always do is perhaps if somebody leaves their phone unattended, you could subscribe while they're not looking, um, or do the same on their, their laptop. And the other really helpful thing you can do for us, especially if you are an iTunes stroke Apple user, is rate and review the podcast. And the reason this is helpful for us is it causes the podcast to appear in the iTunes chart, and then people see it and try it, and that's our best hope, at, um, getting new people to listen without asking you to embarrass yourself by recommending it to friends. So last week, we made a deal with you. Uh, we said that if you you write a review and submit it on iTunes and then send us a screenshot of it, we would draw somebody out who'd submitted a review and then we would review them. So uh, I have in the hat the names of everybody who submitted Ooh. a review and sent it to us. Annabelle's okay. going to draw one out. Uh, the hat, in case you're interested, is a woolly hat in the shape of a fox. Or just a fox's head, to be specific. Yes, yes. So we are going to give okay. a review to somebody that Annabelle's going to draw out of the hat. And then uh, if this is you, you can use this review in your everyday life, your employer, for somebody you have a crush on, just to give you kudos to your kids or another family member. Annabelle, the name, please. And it is Daryl, Daryl Cole. Daryl, yeah. thank you for submitting a review. And we should re- really review Daryl. I mean, I, th- I think Daryl is excellent. He's one of the best. And he's unmissable. Yeah. Um. Daryl, I laughed, I cried. Five mm. stars. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, I, I could not put Daryl Cole down. That's what they say about in book reviews, isn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah. I don't mean to have him put down like a pet. <laughs> That's what I thought yeah. you meant. Uh, I meant he's unputdownable. I definitely wouldn't have you yeah. put down, yeah. Daryl. Um, if you're thinking of checking out Daryl Cole, do it quickly because there will be queues around the block by the end of the week. Um, I prefer Daryl to my own family. <laughs> Is that enough? <laughs> I'll just add exhilarating, stunning, breathtaking Daryl Cole. Adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. Naughty. Adrift. On the subject of reviews, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the age we're living in, where you get to rate and review everything mm. on apps and on websites and so on, and specifically Uber. Okay, yeah. Now, I'm hesitant to talk about Uber because I think there's something grubby about it. Do you? Yeah, you know, you, you hear of these big international corporations, tech corporations, being a little bit shady with the way they conduct their taxes, and then you think it's a bit unethical, some of the stories you hear coming out of there. And then you've got the other thing, that they uh, they, they go into countries 
like the UK, where, for example, in London, there have been the, the London black taxis for all these years. And the drivers do this incredible thing. They sit the knowledge exam, which takes them years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're these super safe vehicles. And they invest all this time in being able to do it. And, and all of a sudden, their trade is becoming decimated. Yeah, And I do try to support the, the black taxis. However, I do sometimes use Uber as well. And when I talk about this, I do feel slightly grubby. But then I just think about any business, you know, that... I mean, who knows? One of those black cab drivers, maybe they don't recycle. <laughs> okay. So you don't know. You don't know what goes on no, behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, you could think, oh, I'm not going to buy my food from a supermarket. I'm going to go and buy it off a farmer. But maybe that farmer gaslights his wife. <laughs> so my, my point is you never know who is truly uh, ethical. Yeah, but it is convenient. And I guess the drivers are also like often the people on the bottom rung of society and you, you shouldn't be thinking the uber drivers as the enemy right yeah they've got to earn a living as well. yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to earn a living and, and why not earn it by less than minimum wage in a exploitative work setup mm-hmm. anyway that that aside um i sometimes use uber and you know at the end of a ride you have to give the driver a star rating yes yeah now i've talked to friends of mine and i've been horrified to find out that they don't just automatically give five stars. Oh, okay. And their reasonings being what? You know, they, they will evaluate it. Oh. They'll evaluate the route he took or they will evaluate how comfortable the car is or how chatty he was or these, these kinds of things. Okay. And I'm amazed that, that people do that. You're not Barry Norman or Egon <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> Basically, it's not a star rating. You're saying either I'm happy with this or I'm not. Right. So if the driver endangered your life... Yeah. Or maybe said something racist. Yeah. Then then don't give him any stars. Okay. If you were fine, if it was fine, give him five stars. Because if their average drops beneath a certain number, they they're not allowed to drive for Uber anymore. Oh. That's how it works. So that's always been my approach to it. And you know that the drivers also rate you. Mm-hmm. Now, I think a lot has been talked about and written about this over the past couple of years about how your self esteem can be pegged into your Uber rating. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I. I want to point out that I am a model passenger. Okay. I couldn't be nicer. I've witnessed this. You're very polite. Right. I'm very polite. I, I am never, ever late. Okay. I'm always there waiting when they arrive. Good. Yep. If I'm not being picked up from home, I will make sure that I'm not on a, a zigzag or double yellows or anything like oh. that. So it's a safe place for them to stop. Okay. Thoughtful. I'm always clean. I never eat. <laughs> In the back of the uh, in the back of the Uber. Yeah. Uh, what else can I say about myself? I'm chatty, not too chatty, but I ask questions and I gauge it that if if uh, they, they want to chat, I will ask lots of questions mm-hmm. to, to seem interested in them. Do you close the door carefully? Not yeah, too yeah. Never loudly. never slam the door. Never, never slam, slam it. No, I didn't think and so. And always very polite when I say goodbye. Okay. So. I recently learned that you can check your own Uber rating in the app. Previously, you had to email them, which I've done on a number of occasions, but you, you can check it in the app. I checked mine this morning. Oh. It is now at 4.67 out of 5. Jeff, that's not good. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry. No, I know. What? Why? I have no idea. I'm shocked. So that means that someone's given you maybe a th- even a 4. I'm surprised. Why would someone give you a 4? Exactly. Wow. I, I don't see how I could be nicer. Oh. So... I do feel that this is as close a metric as I have to judging my actual personality. Oh, they're not doing your personality. No, of course. What else are they doing it on? What oh. are the cra- they, they've either t- the only reason if I'm doing everything perfectly, yeah. the only reason they would be marking me down is because they don't like me. This is terrible, right? 
So I asked an Uber driver about it recently. We were getting on very well. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said, no, no, your rating's okay. And we were chatting away. So I say, who has high rating then? And he says, well, it's either passengers who are new, so they haven't used it often enough for the average to go down. Mm. Or it's if you're really funny and if all the drivers like you. <gasps> but that, sh- that shouldn't be the thing. But that's clearly what it is. No. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say either, but I am considering charm school if that still exists. <laughs> is charm school, is that still a thing? Maybe. Do you have to go to Switzerland for that? I think so, yeah. Why are the things you have to go to Switzerland for? Charm, euthanasia and hiding money in secret bank accounts. <laughs> anyway, I've decided I'm going to explore this modern phenomenon of being rated in this week's The Incident. <laughs> a really bad uber experience when the, the driver kept farting the other day and i was just like <laughs> you can't get a fart you can't get a five out of me for that but anyway, <laughs> let's let's get recording all right yeah I'll yeah mm. will guyatt is a technology correspondent i hate to tell you this jeff you, your score you're actually below average on the uh well i'm not so I'm, I'm devastated i really feel will that i, I should be a, a straight five my behavior is so <laughs> exemplary i think they can tell that i'm needy for for a high rating and then they mark me down you know what there's probably some some truth in that but i know people who've um who've had to uh basically restart uber accounts with a different identity because they've missed so many of them they've got drunk they've done whatever you do when you're having a night out and it got to the stage where people were rejecting their their pickups so they were trying to get ubers but because the review was so low they were losing out on that opportunity and i am terrible when when i go out with my missus and we order an uber i go mental about her making sure that she's on time because she'll sort of be ambling down the stairs a couple of minutes after our our wonderful driver has arrived and i'm like no you're going to ruin my rating (laughs) are the criteria by which they are marking me are they defined or do the drivers just go rogue and are they making it up as they go along Long. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely going rogue because the number of Uber drivers in the uh, I don't use Uber a lot in the UK, but I've often found in San Francisco when I've been working in San Francisco, they'll always end a journey by trying to guilt trip you into giving them a five star review. I've had the hey man, give me the five stars because you know this is my job and it means everything to me and my fifteen children. Has, has anybody? Are there any startups out there uh, where this is their big idea? Reputation, you have uh, a, a, a score or an amount of stars that you carry with you around your digital life across different platforms. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. But what you are going to increasingly see, uh, if you look at reviews on something like Amazon, you're going to have to be verified. So you're going to have to have bought the product mm. to have a say on it. Um, you're going to have to use uh, so Google, for example, in the old days with Google Plus, which admittedly very few people use. But if you do a Google search, often what you'll see on the ratings and reviews for a, a location is based on Google Plus reviews. Mm. Um, they used to be anonymous, so you could do it from anybody, but now you have to sign in with an account. Now, you could have faked an account, but you're you're having to do more to prove that you're the person behind it. And over time, in five, ten years' time, um, we'll all be building up a pretty ac- – you can build up a pretty accurate picture of the stages that we've gone through in our lives, you know, reviewing prams, reviewing hi-fis, you know, reviewing whatever <laughs> is in our lives. Yeah. Um, 
but it will change and the system will become harder for people to be malicious i guess it's no different for people who say on podcasts leave us a top review or follow us unfollow us all of those things i I, I don't i don't know what you i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) jerry's mandering those scores i don't don't know what you're talking about um (laughs) alfie brown's a stand-up comedian he's also spent time working as an uber driver um i've never ever given anybody less than a five even when they've sort of like fallen asleep and taken me around the houses and been, the only time I've ever been tempted to give less than five stars was these kids who wanted to be driven from one end of the King's road to the other. Uh, They were all about 18, got in the car and were like, yeah, um, drive. Can we have R1 please drive? And they were calling me drive. And I was going, Oh, Oh my God. Oh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to do something irretrievable in the minicab community. If he doesn't stop calling me drive. Can we have R1? What's R1? Radio 1. What do you mean, what's R1? And I went, oh my God. Not only do you want to listen to Radio 1, but you 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 want to listen to it at night, which is the worst time you can possibly listen to it. And you're calling it R1. I mean, it was the worst. And I thought you deserve bad things to happen to you. But... Nothing ever will. So I am never late. I'm always waiting when the driver gets there. Mm-hmm. I never slam the door. I make sure that I wait somewhere that where there's not going to be traffic cameras that would get the driver in trouble. Mm-hmm. I say please. I say thank you. I'm chatty, but I feel like I'm good at intuiting whether the driver wants to talk or not. And my rating is still 4.68. I think it's that like you're being completely obsequious. Have some self-respect. You're treating these people like they're royalty. Honestly, like have some balls. Just go pick me up, drop me off, and go f*** yourself. Can I swear on your podcast? Um, So you think I need to treat them mean to keep them keen? Yeah, that's exactly what you need to do, yeah. I never really had anybody... I never really thought about anything like that. You're... It's as an Uber driver or as an ex Uber driver now. I work in the service industry. I'm your bitch. Stop treating me like I'm above you. It'll freak me out. I've got cognitive dissonance from it. As a driver, have you ever had any negative feedback? My rating. Yeah, but people can also leave comments, right? Oh, I'll tell you my rating. Yeah, four point nine five. Oof, oof. Pays to be white. <laughs> Famously, famously, historically, that is true. Since white privilege doesn't extend to my Uber passenger rating, I contacted psychologist Joe Hemmings to ask her how I could resolve my issue. Who wouldn't care? Who wouldn't be bothered what these drivers are thinking of them? I think probably most people, to be fair. Because on a practical level, forget your self-esteem. Who cares? Well, I... what your rating is, as long as your drivers are still appearing in a relatively speedy, you know, time, and you're getting in a car and it's going to the right place. But what what doesn't make any sense to me in what you just said is when you said forget about your self esteem. I mean, what sort of person isn't pegging their self esteem to their Uber rating? Okay, I'm not quite sure even where to start with that question. Well, it might be easier to turn it the other way and say what kind of person is pegging their self-esteem to their Uber rating. Okay, go on then. Um, someone who wants to be likable, somebody who cares about what other people think about them quite considerably, and also are very rarely put in a position where it's quite so blatant. So there it is. It's not just I got this instinct someone didn't like me or they were a bit rude or they were a bit snobby or offish with me. There it is in rating form 
to a person that wants to be liked by most people most of the time. And it's kind of inescapable. What if somebody is going around thinking, I'm not sure if I'm likeable, and and then all of a sudden you're confronted with a number which which confirms your deepest fears? Okay, then I think you have got to th – those are the fears, right? So for people that don't have those fears, that think generally they're quite comfortable with their level of likeability – would project that back onto the driver and say, okay, there's something wrong with him. But who are these people who are going through life thinking that they're likeable? <laughs> what, well, what, what went wrong in their childhoods? Well, I, the level of an Uber rating. <laughs> I think I, see, I would consider myself reasonably likeable on an Uber rating. I probably wouldn't dare to think that in any other way. So I don't think they're rating me or they ought to be rating me on my personality. They ought to be rating me on a list of practicalities and if they want to be grumpy they want to be grumpy i know i'm perfectly okay passenger so it doesn't make me necessarily likable it makes me acceptable i think that's probably where i am with it how would you move past this if you were if you were me <laughs> i'd move on to taxify which is <laughs> the new uber i'm not being paid to sort of promote this so your professional psychological opinion is that i should <laughs> sign up for several apps and get more data on my likability before I um, make, yeah, uh, before make any... Yeah, before you kind of <laughs> go into a sort of loud despond um, and start blaming yourself and what could I do that would make me a better person? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted And a friend that was with you all the time Who is also watching you closely judging As a listener to Adrift, you are automatically a drifter And um, thank you to you if you have joined in with the programme by emailing us Hello at adriftpodcast.com a few people have emailed to say that when we're talking about Patreon, which is the, the crowdfunding, the little donations that we're asking for, um, we shouldn't sound so embarrassed and we, sh we should feel it's okay to ask. But to that I say, do you, do you not know us? Have you not been listening to the rest of the podcast? It's excruciating to do. Annabelle, do you want to ask, ask for the money this week? I'd be even worse at it than you, no. I do want to say, though, thank, thank you kindly if you have pledged a little bit of money. You know, um, a lot of people pledging one or two dollars a month. Some people pledging considerably more, which I'm simultaneously grateful for. And then I want to just ring them and go, oh, no, don't do this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, you know. Spend your money on something decent. But it's so nice. It is so nice. And we're so, uh, so grateful to you for your generosity. And the list of rewards for the different levels of pledge are up on our Patreons, uh, Patreon page, patreon.com 
stroke adrift that's patreon.com stroke adrift thank you for your contribution if you've made one it means a lot to us that you've chosen to give your money to us instead of to for example a charity (laughs) yes yes um but yeah uh, we're really grateful to you for that so I've got an email that goes back to the incident from the first week, which was the book one. Ah, the, yes, this is the episode in which I went to buy a copy of Ryland's autobiography, The Life of Ryland, mm. and then got into a real tizzy worrying about what the person behind the counter would think of me. Yes, yeah, so this is from Alec, who says, I have a simple technique that I use when buying any kind of slightly dubious gift or anything dubious for myself. I buy a birthday card first. Get it in a bag. I know that's not environmentally friendly, but that's another conversation for another time. And with a Clinton's card bag in hand, you're free to buy anything. Yes. And it'll be clear to everyone it's not for you. Be careful not to make too much of a display of having the card or suspicions may be aroused. If you can't afford to do that, you could always approach the counter pretending to be on the phone going, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking of buying them this for their birthday, but I just want... You don't think they've already got it, do you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that no. would be another way of doing it, wouldn't it? There we go. These are the perfect solutions. Although pretending to be on a phone in a bookshop is would be humiliating. Oh, because you'd be hated. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. At, like going to close to the till. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we've also got some feedback on my Polish pronunciation from last week. Aha. Yes. So I tried the word... The Prasham last week, which I spent six months learning in Poland, which means excuse me. And Andrew says, you asked for a rating of Annabelle's pronunciation of the Prasham. My wife, Eva, a Polish name for Annabelle to try. Then there's an asterisk. Answer, pronounced Eva. Got it right. <laughs> Did read it first. <laughs> so my wife, Eva, listened and she gave you an eight out of ten. Annabelle, that's amazing. Thank you very much. However, only two out of ten for... Sp- sp- Specific, though. It's the English word specific. Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Um, again, we'd love to hear from you. It doesn't just have to be on uh, any of the topics that we've thrown out. If you've got anything anything arising from the issues discussed in this podcast, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Please, please, please get in line and stand by the wall. I'm not going to shoot you. This is a show called Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I placed a phone call to Annabelle the other day. This is how it went. Hello. Hi, it's me. Hi, you right? Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you, yeah. I've been thinking about um, the kind of world that you're bringing a child into. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't you like to do something to make it a better place for your baby to be brought up? Well, yes, I suppose so. I'm specifically thinking about swans. Swans are evil, they well, are. They're the bullies. They're terrible bullies. So is there anything that you think you could do about them? I think absolutely there's something I can do about them. So, Annabelle, how did you get on? So, I go past this big pond near me every day. And let me tell you, the things I've seen those swans do, it's shocking. They are terrible bullies. They're attacking other smaller birds, chasing them, tormenting them. And this is all year round, not just when they're nesting, when they're supposed to be a bit more aggressive. So something does need to be done. Mm. And my first thought is, why not get a bigger bully to bully the swans? Teach them a lesson. <laughs> Doesn't take me long to think of one. What's the first bully that comes into your head? Um, Gripper from Grey Chill. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> he is the most famous bully of them all. 
And it has to be him. And actually, the only other one that I could think of was Biff from Back to the Future, which did make me worry that I absorbed culture in the 1980s and then just shut down, (laughs) which is weird. That's pretty much all I've done since the 80s is watch TV and films. Did you know that that character was based on Donald Trump? I'd heard that. Is is that true? They were saying it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, gripper it is because I don't want a big phone bill from ringing in America. And (laughs) as we've proved, he is the number one bully. Yeah. Now, I don't have any contact details for Gripper, or rather the actor Mark Savage, but I do some heavy Googling and I follow a long trail until I find a Facebook page for the Mark Savage Theatre Company. There's no number, which is perhaps wise of him, but there is an email address. So I email him and he calls me back. Wow. Which is very exciting. And this is what happens. So um, I'm thinking about swans and how they are such bullied to other birds in my local pond, and how something needs to be done about this. So I was wondering if you could go into character as Gripper and bully the swan to teach them a lesson. Um. <laughs> that sounds bad. Listen, swans are very dangerous. They attack people. Yeah, but I mean, they wouldn't attack you. I think they may. But couldn't you do some of your stuff like threaten to flush the swan's head down the toilet, that kind of thing? <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I'm not being... I'm covering myself. I think there's legal connotations around what you want to do. They're the queen swans, you know that? Oh, good point. They're, 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 they're protected by law, aren't they? I don't want you to get sent to the tower or anything. <laughs> So he goes on to say that, unfortunately, Gripper is very much in the past for him. Oh. And if he did stuff like this, people would expect the fresh-faced guy with the quiff and the leather jacket, and they just get a middle-aged man. Did you Google image him? Uh, I didn't, actually. No, no. <laughs> That's an incredible lack of curiosity yeah, on your part. Because I think I want to keep, like he's saying, yeah. I want to keep the image in my head yeah. of him in those days. Mm. Well, he does tell me that during the Grain Chill days, the BBC used to keep the kids away from everyone else. They weren't very highly regarded. And the only person who'd go out of their way to say hello and who was lovely, Bruce Forsyth. Wow. Yeah. He said he was so lovely. He also said that Anthony Minghella script edited all the Gripper episodes. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, which is amazing. Now, just to go off a slight tangent, mm. I hosted a thing on stage recently. You know the enormous comedian Greg Davies? Oh, yes. Lovely man. Yeah. Uh, he has a sitcom, Man Down, which is great on Channel 4. And I hosted a and a with him and the cast on stage in London about the new series a a short while ago. And there were three or four cast members on stage with me, and then the rest of the cast were in the audience. His mum in the show, Mrs McCluskey. (gasps) Yeah, yeah. So... I just, wow. It, it was terrifying seeing <laughs> Mrs. McCluskey's face just looking up at me. How could you even speak? It, it was even, lost, oh, yeah. wow. So, unfortunately, it is a no from Gripper. He won't go and bully some swans for me. I did also say that I'd mention his play. So, his, his play is Human Issue at the Etc. Theatre in Camden on the 8th of September, which is a fundraiser for the Maytree, the UK's only free suicide sanctuary. He's also doing a charity cycle ride soon, but we'll put details of that on our Facebook page. Okay. So the point is, it was a no. But we're saying, what we're hearing here is good guy. Great guy. I mean, he might be unwilling to bully, bully us, to flush us one's head down the toilet for you, but otherwise, great guy. I think he's too nice to do it. That's yeah. the problem. But he does make a good point as well, because he says that all the unmarked swans are owned by the Queen. Mm. She's basically their parent. They're part of the royal family. I should be having a word with her to sort this out. That's what you do if your kid's being bullied. You speak to the parent. Mm. Now, believe it or not... I've never called Buckingham Palace about the swans before. 
And luckily, it's still on my speed dial. So I call up and I say, hello, I'd like to report some bullying by some members of the royal family. (laughs) The lady repeats this back to me, sounding surprised. Then she says, what do you mean? Can you elaborate? Well, I say, I've just seen some members of the royal family doing some bullying at Eagle Pond in Snaresbrook. And what happened, she asked. She is definitely interested now, understandably so. Well, I say, basically, some swans were really bullying some small birds, some cormorants, I think they were. And they were chasing them very unnecessarily, I thought. There's a long silence. And then she says, the swans were chasing the cormorants. And and that's what you want to report. Yes, I tell her, as they were swans and the Queen owns all the unmarked swans. All right, one moment, please. I'll see if I can find somebody to help you. Who would that be? I'm thinking, I have no idea. (laughs) So I wait for a bit and then she comes back and she says something's wrong with her switchboard and can I call back in a few minutes? So I do. And it's now a different lady who seems to know exactly what I'm talking about and she says they've spoken to the officers and it will be looked into. I'm a little bit suspicious about this as I call back exactly three minutes later. And yet in that three minutes, the first lady managed to brief the second lady, fix the switchboard and then relay it all over again to some officers. (laughs) A lot has gone on in those few minutes and it's very unclear exactly who these officers are. But this is Buckingham Palace. I'm going to have to trust them, aren't I? So it seems that it is being looked into. So I suppose the next step is some kind of anti-bullying workshop for all the swans organised by the Queen, which is more than good enough for me. And that was episode three of our podcast. If you could take the time to give it a five-star rating on iTunes, it'd mean a lot to us. And if you could take the time to write a glowing review, we would love you forever. You can support the podcast by bunging us a few quid at patreon.com stroke adrift. We are stupidly grateful to everyone who's done that so far. And send us your story of social incompetence to hello at adriftpodcast.com. Please join in and share your experiences with us and your fellow drifters. Man and the Echo provide the backing music for our podcast. If you like the sound of it, just wait till you hear it with words on. Thanks to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to my advisors this week tech correspondent Will Guyatt. You can find him at facebook.com stroke Guyatt's Gadgets. Comedian Alfie Brown. You can see him in Vilnius in Lithuania on the 19th of September and in Cornus on the 20th. And then back in the UK, Liverpool on the 29th, Manchester on the 16th of October and Nottingham on the 17th. Thanks to psychologist Joe Hemmings. Her website is joehemmings.co.uk and you can find her on Twitter at TV Psychologist. Also thanks to Gripper Stebson from Grange Hill, actor Mark Savage. His play is Human Issue at the Etc Theatre in London. It's a fundraiser for the Maytree, the UK's only free suicide sanctuary. And Adabel's also going to book deets about his charity bike ride on our Facebook page too. 
Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox provided our voiceovers and idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our brilliant artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. And thanks to you and the handful of other drifters for listening to this. And please tell a friend about the show, but choose them very carefully. And before we go, thank you to Society for being accepting of Annabelle's Made to September romance. Adrift. Adrift. Okay, on to the podications. This is where drifters get in touch to ask for the podcast to be dedicated to them. It's a hango from our old radio show. First one comes from Natalie Burgess, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I am proud to now be a drifter, having listened to your radio show for years and now downloaded all your new podcasts. My husband, Stephen, was also a listener, but has yet to take the plunge into the podcast pool. He's left behind. Yeah. I mean, I think this has created a schism <laughs> in your marriage. You know, you're in the modern age. He's he's back in the steam age. Yeah. You need you need to drag him through. You're in the pool. He's on the edge. Yes. To to use your metaphor, back on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, please say hi to our six year old Amy, as she wouldn't forgive me for leaving her out. I imagine she would. I mean, she probably doesn't want her name associated with this. Yeah, this is probably embarrassing. Yeah, but um, Amy, hello. Uh, Natalie says, good luck with the drifting. Um, it's enjoyable for a meek, shy listener like me to find like-minded people. Well, that's what this podcast is, uh, a bringing together of the ineffectual. Um, all the best, Natalie Burgess from Wakefield. The next one comes from Mo Smith, who says, I just want to predicate this to Annabelle. Hey. Uh, congratulations on the baby news. Oh. So happy for you and your lover. Oh, God. What? Why, why is Mo using that word? What is it? Is it a loveless, loveless? Is it a loveless relationship? It's boyfriend. But is it a loveless relationship? No, of course not. So he's your lover. Oh, it's a horrible word. How's the how's pregnancy going? Really well, thanks. Yeah. Roughly, I know you don't want um, to to give the exact date or anything in oh, case um, you know it, it, there are too many people outside the labour room <laughs> cheering you on. But how how far how far now? Well, there's like just a few weeks left, really. We need to think about what to do while you're indisposed. Yeah, maybe get some guest hosts would be nice. Would you consider letting me come to the delivery with the, uh, <laughs> with, the with the tape recorder? Well, so you could do it in between contractions or or, or just throughout. You yeah, think? Yeah, like a special. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll consider it for people who donate. How much on Patreon? <laughs> would you consider it? Um, Mo says, though, obviously, Rusty will always be your number one love, right? No, I've got rid of him. <laughs> Not really. Of course he is. Uh, anyway, um, already looking forward to next week. Though, as a new Android user, I cannot rate you on iTunes, and I've still not worked out how to rate you via my Samsung podcast player. The thing is about iTunes, like if if you are a Samsung or Android or whatever you, whatever operating system you're using, it's just a weight off your shoulders. Mm. not to have us begging you Mm-mm. about the rating. The reason we need the rating, as I mentioned before, is it just we just need to get on the iTunes chart so people can see it and then um, think, oh, I'll, I'll give that a try. So, you know, it's a burden on people who listen on Apple devices. Yes. But we do expect you to um, 
to, you know, rise to the responsibility. There might be a big rush of people going from Apple to Android just to to get away from the burden of that. And the final podication this week comes from Keith Reusseter, who says, hi there. Hi. I would like to have a podcast dedicated to me simply because I'm the only person I know who listens to your show. In fact, I was the only person I know who listened to your old show. So previous podications to a couple of people probably fell on deaf ears. I came to see your Roundhouse performance. This was Annabelle and I did a a live show at the Roundhouse in London uh, as we were wrapping up the radio show. He says, and I had a pleasant time. (laughs) I even got to ask you what your favourite radio shift was. Due to being on a motorbike and having over an hour to get home, I reluctantly avoided your invitation to imbibe after the show. Mm. But thanks for the invite anyway. I just want to point out this was to everybody. It wasn't (laughs) like me singling Keith out. Um. I sent your publication request a month or so before the closure of your last show. I don't think it got read out. Mm. What was going on there, Annabelle, with the uh, the old bulldog clip? Well, keep reading, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think it got read out, uh, but maybe I missed it or sent it to a wrong address. No biggie. Good luck with the new venture anyway. Can I also add how much I enjoyed Annabelle's interviews on Dave Gorman's Modern Life is Goodish? Oh, thank you. Are you doing some more of those? Yes, I think the next series there'll be one more of those, yeah. Uh, I have no doubt that... Um, Really, she really did all those old crazy things at the old place. But if there are any doubters, catch her on Dave Gorman's show sometime for proof. It's on Dave, so it'll be screened sometime this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at any given week. Yeah, yeah. It's on there. It's a popular show. Uh, but no, as you've said before, with these things, it would be weirder to make it up than it would be to do them. And more and more effort, <laughs> because it would involve a lot of brain power. <laughs> he says, in fact, now I write, it occurs to me that Challenge Annabelle would make for a brilliant half-hour TV show. Ooh. With hidden camera gear, she could wow the nation. Oh, I'd like to wow the nation. Can you set up some meetings for us? <laughs> yeah, could you? Yeah, do you work in TV? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you pitch to Channel Bosses a fictional show where a hapless drive time DJ who is desperate for ratings gets his easily manipulated sidekick to do all sorts of wacky things to fill airtime and hopefully drag some more punters onto his dial? Mm, hapless, desperate, <laughs> easily manipulated. It's all there. <laughs> uh, maybe do some recreated ones of previous exploits and do some genuinely new ones for us all to enjoy. Just a random thought that in- occurred to me. Game of Thrones won't be on forever after all. Take it easy, Keith Reusseter. And it'd be a good replacement for Game of Thrones, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's finished. Now. It's not going to be back on for 18 months or something. Big gap. I know. Oh. I really loved that last episode of Game of Thrones as well. I thought it was so great. I'm just rooting for the White Walkers, though. Okay. I can't join in. You you know what I mean when I say the White Walkers, though. They're the zombie ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rooting for them. Yeah. Mm. Because I want to know what they're up to. What's their motivation? You've not found out yet? No. Oh, wow. I mean, I've got an idea. Okay. They're just the dead and they want to um, they, they, they want to kill the living and you know move them over into the ranks of the dead. Mm. I think that's the motivation. But I don't know. Everyone's the hero of their own story, aren't this they? It's true. Yeah, maybe... Something bad happened to them in childhood that led them to be like that. Or maybe, you know, they're just feeling better about being dead. Maybe. Maybe all they need is a hug. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll save the Game of Thrones chat for elsewhere because uh, people people love telling you that they don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, is it like I don't own a telly? Yes, is very it? much so. Very much so. <laughs> all right, that is the latest edition of Adrift. It is podicated to Mo Smith and, um, and to Keith Reusseter. And two, Natalie Burgess from Wakefield and uh, Amy, who's six years old, but not Stephen because he's still in the past. Yeah. Listening to uh, steam powered radio. Yeah. 
If you'd like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com and there'll be another edition next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.